Welcome to this week's weekly market roundup being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. I'm Susan Littlefield. Lots of factors we're going to look at in the markets today, including what's going on in these grain complex, what is happening within the livestock side of it all. We're also, how do you market and keep the emotions out of everything that's going on? Of course, we know we're talking Russia, Ukraine, and everything that's happening globally. It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. Well, welcome back and joining us today. Excited to have with us Kyle Bumstead. He is with Allendale and Sue Martin with Ag and Investment. And both of you at interesting times that we are in in marketing. And I had uh, one another farm broadcaster say, this is a roller coaster ride that we can't seem to get off of. So having said that, Sue, I'm going to start with you. Kind of give me your thoughts as we look at this market from a soybean perspective. It definitely is a wild ride. Well, it very much is. Um, soybeans are kind of um, kind of like the, I guess for the moment, the weak sister of everything, of the corn and the wheat market, because it's the, the least um, affected market for the moment. Bean oil is the support under soybeans. And of course, uh, you've got Indonesia uh, with uh, export tariffs on uh, sending out palm oil. You've got Malaysia having some issues and palm oil prices record high. And uh, that's giving some support, but bean oil the last day or two has fallen off uh, sizably. And that's kind of gave a, the bean market some reason to try to not hang in there, although soy meal is trying to add its support and stepping in. Uh, I don't think the bean market's going to hover here much longer. I still look for beans to take out the high of uh, uh, 17, I think it was 1765 that we seen basis the March contract. And I think it was around 1759, 1760 area on the May. I just think it's we're limited as to how long that time is going to last and those highs are gonna come out. Um, you know, it's, but for now it's all about wheat uh, because Russia and Ukraine are the two largest uh, exporters of wheat and Right after the close, not long after the close, it came out that Hungary now is banning exports of all grain. Having said that, obviously, that's got to mean that there is some big global concerns out there for grain movement. Well, I think there is. Um, you know, even before the Russian and Ukrainian situation, it was one of my uh, premises that for the fundamentals this year into next year, uh, that I talked about last year, that we would see uh, a move away from, a shift away from the just-in-time inventorying that occurred in the 90s and go back to building reserves uh, worldwide in all these countries, having been precipitated a little bit, a lot probably, by the pandemic. But now you've got this happening and it's like frosting on the cake and it's like how many dominoes will fall? And so you've got tight reserves in uh, China, um, tighter than they at first thought. And, uh, and then you've also got other countries now be starting to worry about, will they have enough grain? Where do they get it? You know, and of course then uh, 
there, I think I've seen where there's like 600 uh, million bushels or 600,000 metric tons of uh, corn sitting in uh, um, Ukraine right now, loaded on ships, but isn't able to get out the door. All right, Kyle, that kind of brings up the conversation you and I had uh, before we started recording this. Are we running out of grain, specifically beans and wheat? Is there going to be a concern? There's not going to be enough to meet those demands. Well, I think there is. And, and uh, leading back with Sue's point about uh, the, the palm oil and the food grade oils with bean oil, you know, Ukraine raises a lot of sunflowers and sunflower oil. So there is that edible oil issue that is global right now. And when you look at this complex as a whole, um, we can see here that they've been bull spreading. They've been owning the front months, selling the deferreds or owning, owning it all. But you can see a lot of movement in the spreads. And when you see these spreads start to pick up in the front end, when you're seeing, you know, May soybeans trade 27 to 30 cents over July. I mean, that looks good. That's bullish. We've traded a lot higher. We've traded closer to 50 cents over in that spread. And you're looking at the new crop soybean spreads, November trading about 60 to 65 cents over July. And you're looking at the corn market doing the same thing over there. You're trading anywhere from 15 to almost 20 cents December over July. I really think there's an acre battle going on right now, given the fact that we're seeing these spreads bull spread like this. It's telling us that we are tight on supplies. And I think we are almost out of beans here in the States, given where things are at. But the problem you see there is if you don't have it, you can't ship it. If you don't have it, you can't sell it. So I think we need to be concerned or looking for these old crop sales that we've made moving out to new crop sales. Well, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, which is being brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, that leads me to, is there possibilities, though, and I'm going to ask both of you this, that we could see these grains go higher because the demand is there for them. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I think so. I think that you could maybe put, you, you could see at least a 15 in front of November soybeans, given the way the spreads of the commercials are supporting them. And I think you could easily see a seven in front of December corn. We're, we've gotten to six, seven today. I don't think it would take much to poke through the $7 mark here on December corn. And fundamentally, they're trying to buy acres in both of those complexes right now. So I think the heat could be on here. Not saying we couldn't pull back from these levels, but I wouldn't want to be caught in a short marginable position in these, in these environments. Sue, what are your thoughts? Well, I tend to agree. Um, I'm very much uh, looking for 709 on uh, December corn. September corn, I think, could go to 765. Uh, so, and that'll probably run a little faster than the D's. But, uh, and this year, because of the weather outlooks that we're carrying, um, September futures could be coming as more of a new crop contract than an old. But um, I think that when I look at the corn market, we're in some very precarious times. Um, I would probably say if you want to sell something and or market some grain for new crop and you haven't anything on the books, I would probably say, if nothing else, maybe look at doing puts. The problem you have is you almost need to do put spreads. And those you, if you're not very um, savvy with options, then you're going to need the help of a broker because uh, those need to be managed because the ones you sell do carry a margin risk. And as the market moves towards the one that's shorted, you'll have to buy it back and turn around and move it up. Or in this case on puts, move it down. All right, Kyle, I got to ask on the livestock side, uh, 
how do we keep the emotion out of what's going on in this cattle market? Because as one commodity broker said to me, um, and that's Sean Hackett, who was on with us last week, he said right now it's herd liquidation, herd liquidation, herd liquidation in the backs of the minds of these cattle producers. That's right, Susan. It is. But up front here, it's feed costs, it's ration costs, it's feed costs, it's ration costs. What am I getting for a cash fat steer? What can I turn around and replace it with here off the feeder board? And right now that corn board has really pressured the feeders. And we've had softer live cattle trade here this week as well, too. I mean, we traded some as low, low as uh, 138 last week. Not very many head, but it was still out there on the backs of some of their minds. And we've traded some 139 this week here and we traded some 140. So you've got a basis market going on in the live cattle complex i'm not saying that uh you know we're not we are seeing we are seeing that the herd liquidation and longer term that's going to be very bullish cattle you can look on out there and you can see some 150s out there and then far deferreds uh, i wouldn't be surprised if you see somewhere up to 160 maybe 175 on those far deferreds but unlike uh, the grains the cattle have been bear spread and the bear spreads continue to keep dominating the market and that tells us that the commercials have enough supply up front or they are content with supply coming at them here for the next three four months here given the way those spreads are trading at right now and that call comes as we look into the near future, getting these crops planted. We know that the drought monitor is not a beautiful picture to look at. And then add to it, Ukraine, what's going on? Are they going to get crops planted? And if not, what does that mean to grain possibilities worldwide? Well, I mean, it's that that is the, the big question here uh, stateside and even out here in western western uh, states here as far as our pasture conditions, even here uh, as far east as central Nebraska. We're really concerned about it. We do have some extra hay here, but it doesn't take long to walk through extra piles of hay. And so, you know, you could be seeing some herd liquidation. And on the Ukraine front, it is very concerning um, if they will get their crops in. You know, there's talk of uh, farmers forfeiting diesel fuel and other items to give to the military to keep fighting. So, you could see stuff like that happen, uh, you know, left and right over there. And I think that they're very proud people and they're going to try to continue to fight as they should. And uh, over here stateside, you know, the drought, the drought over here, it is easing uh, anytime. And that drought stretches from Canada all down into the Southern Plains. So we have major concerns here that I don't think we've even brought into the complex yet as far as the grains or the livestock. Yeah. Sue, real quick, as we get ready to wrap up, what are your thoughts with Ukraine and, and a possible spring plant? Well, it looks very much like they won't be able to get uh, acres in. In fact, a client of mine told me uh, just this week that um, he farms ground for a, the, one of the largest dairies in Indiana. And they also are worldwide, have 100,000 head of cattle, uh, cows, dairies, uh, over in Finland and other parts of the world. And they also own 60,000 acres of ground in Ukraine, and they don't believe they'll get any of it planted at all. So it is going to be a big thing. But and you got to remember, Ukraine's number four exporter in the world. But here's another thing on the cattle. Um, you know, in the old days, if you had and I think we're back to that um, when you had very cold weather and high energy bills, and the East Coast has been certainly very cold and especially the Northeast and then through the Midwest and on down to the Gulf. So when you've had that in the past, people have to find um, extra money to be able to pay those heat bills. And where do they do it? At the grocery counter. So they tend to cut back on meat. They maybe eat more hamburger and, and maybe roast, but they don't buy the more expensive cuts. And I think we're seeing that also impact the cattle market, which is up front. 
Very much so. Well, thank you to both of you for joining us today. I want to remind folks that commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that might not be suitable to all investors. And that has been the Nebraska Soybean Board's weekly market roundup right here on the Rural Radio Network. Mm-hmm.